Captain speaking with just a little flight information. Coming up on the left, you can catch a glimpse of the smoking crater my ex left in my heart. And on the right, you'll be able to see my crippling self-doubt and total lack of confidence in my ability to ever find anyone to love me again. We'll be getting our final approach into lost everything I care about in just a few minutes. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the rest of the flight on RFTB Airlines. I'm Arthur. And I'm and I'm Donovan, and I'm the passenger uh, in the back of the plane, uh, vomiting into an air sickness bag. And the vomit is labeled oversharing, and the air sickness bag is labeled my latest Tinder date. <laughs> I love that you've turned uh, this bit I'm doing into like a Ben Garrison cartoon where everything has like a little, <laughs> like a little label on it. <laughs> plane, <laughs> propeller, crippling air strip, self, crippling self doubt broken heart mm. no actually i had i had a tinder date over the weekend it went, it went very well and uh was this the one that you kissed with a fucking lipper full of dip yes yeah <laughs> luckily luckily i don't think it was that noticeable <laughs> yeah i had a i had a snooze in i went in for the kiss and then uh i'm walking out and was like ah oh, fuck i hope i hope that wasn't disgusting uh but i i think we're all good you did it. Nice work. We, it, it, it did. I did, did it. No, it was good. And uh, we're going to go out again this week. And, uh, yeah, if you listen to the podcast, shouts out. You're pretty cool. Yeah. We like you. Because you can handle Donovan with a lip full of snooze. It's so good. <laughs> like, how do you fucking forget that you have a big wad of nicotine in your mouth? How do you forget that? Okay, to me. To be fair, snus is not like dip where like I, there's a fucking horseshoe sitting in my mouth. Sure. Like it's it's a pouch about the size of like your thumbnail. It just sits up there. I don't know, man. I had a few beers. We saw Health. I listened to Health. I haven't. I've I've heard of them. I have not heard them. They they were kind of associated with Crystal Castles. Oh sure. Uh, I know they've done some like mixes for each other, but they're eh, it's kind of emo industrial uh, electronic pretty angry type music and uh i don't know good fucking show i saw him open for crystal castles back in college and i was looking for a show to go here uh to go to here and uh there you go that's a good time i could probably use uh use some of that of late oh yeah some some angry angry uh depressing music i could yeah i could really do with that and it, it, it helps it helps things sometimes it's interesting how it does that Cause you, uh, there was a Nathan pot. Can we talk about Nathan pile for a second? Do you know who this is? No idea. He does the little, um, comics. They get shared on Facebook a whole bunch of like the aliens talking, like describing human behavior from the perspective of an alien. And he had one about like, um, uh, what are you doing? Um, I'm listening to music that is very sad. To exacerbate your sadness, says the other one. And it's like, <laughs> but it works. It does work like that, um, which uh, dovetails me. Now we can talk about uh, something rather topical. This uh, this comics dude who people might know about, this Nathan Pyle with the little alien comics, he recently said uh, that he and his wife uh, don't believe that abortion is right. How do you? Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. He's, he's pretty Jesus-y. Yeah. Which uh, was surprising to me. Uh, but then he also said, like, that he votes for pro-choice candidates and he doesn't let it, like, it doesn't control his politics. So 
I'm going to come out and say it publicly. Uh, Nathan Pyle's fine. Keep enjoying his comics. Yeah. I, think it, I think it's some brilliant work. And uh, his personal uh, preferences aside, uh, he doesn't let him cloud his politics, which is uh, fine. I think he's fine. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like if you say, you know, you can say this doesn't cloud your politics, but I don't, I don't know how much I trust that. That's true. I feel like most of his comics have a certain, like, uh, awareness of humanity and kind of, like, I don't know, stepping back out of, like, your kind of normal cultural lens. Like, there's this whole thing. It's it, phrasing things very objectively in this way that, you know, makes it kind of day-to-day things very absurd. Well, yeah, I don't know. It's strange to me that you'd be a very religious person, but like that's that's what you're doing. I feel like kind of absurd humor and strong religiosity don't usually go hand in hand. But yeah, huh? Because yeah, that, that threw me when I when I found out. Very you know, surprising that a, to me that he's pretty Jesusy. Yeah, yeah. But all right, yeah, the comics are good. That's I'll, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, keep loving those comics on Facebook if uh, if they if it pleases. Yeah. Well, you know, you know what really pleases Arthur? What, it's what? us answering questions. Whoa! Great segue. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so how about this one? Why do you stop being attracted to someone? My 17F, boyfriend 17M, that I've loved for four years, broke up with me last week and said it's because he doesn't see me like, quote, that anymore. I felt we were really in love, and when it was time to fool around, he always seemed really into it. It seems a bit out of the blue. I told him I respect his feelings and understand that he doesn't want to be with me anymore, but I can't help but feel like shit, and this is all so sudden. Am I overreacting? Is this a normal thing? TLDR, boyfriend isn't attracted to me anymore and broke up with me, although we were really in love, and it doesn't make sense. Is this kind of thing normal? And that was posted by... Oh, Jesus. Oh, here we go. So relatable. Wait. So relatable. What? I think they just misspelled relatable. Yeah, this this username sucks. That's why he broke up with you. Yeah, like you, yeah. your fucking Reddit user. He was like, I don't know, man. No, this is this is pretty normal. I think it's definitely more normal, too, when you're when you're younger like that, you know? You're dating people for the first time. You're figuring out what you're into. And, I mean, that can change. And it can change pretty drastically. Or, uh, you know, it could be not even just like a change. It can it can just be the... I don't know how to articulate this. I remember feeling this a few times when I was dating when I was uh, like a teenager. And uh, very distinctly remember it a couple times. You know, been dating somebody for a while. And then it was like a switch flipped one day. Mm. And all of a sudden I was like, this doesn't this doesn't feel right anymore. Like it, it just happened and, you know, I couldn't point to something that, that made that change or, uh, you know, even like a realization I had about him, about them, uh, like, like there was really no reason for it I could find. Um, but I got, I think that's just, I think that's the way that these things could be, you know, especially when you're younger and, and I don't know if I can, emotions can kind of switch at the drop of a hat. I, maybe it's related to that. It's possible. Um, the other thing could be that, uh, maybe he found what he considers to be a better offer, you know, maybe he met somebody and he's like, oh man, I'm really into this person. Uh, let me just dump four years down the fucking toilet and, uh, run away from you because that's what sometimes people can do. Uh, 
and it's shitty. But the only thing I think you can really do is just kind of bear down, feel your feelings, work through it, and uh, the pain will fade eventually. No, definitely. And it's it's shitty, but it's certainly better than, you know, he fucking he's cheating on you or he stays with his relationship even though the feelings aren't there. Like I it, it, good yeah. on him for being upfront with you. It doesn't it doesn't make it suck any less. Like <laughs> it still feels fucking terrible. I mean, yeah. I've I've been there. Cuz all um, it can do is suck. Like the feelings you yeah. have are just going to be bad. But it's 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 good to feel that it's good to have that experience because uh, that's something that's probably going to happen to you when you're dating. Oh yeah, and yeah, that'll prepare you I... for that happening into your thirties. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 for real, and it gets it gets easier, you know, with every iteration of that. I I have found, at least in the sense that you're like more equipped to deal with it. But I, I take it, you know, it's hard to step back like this, but take it as kind of a learning opportunity. It's something that. You know, going through is going to make you a stronger person, but also, like you said, Arthur, just feel the shitty feelings. You know, it's it's ultimately a good experience. You had strong feelings for somebody, and now you have strong feelings. They're just not they're not very fun. But it, you know, if you never experienced that in your entire life, you'd be a pretty pretty boring person. True you'd that. be rattled very easily. I think. Oh yeah. You ever run into somebody I, who just fucking falls apart at the drop of a hat? Like anything difficult happens and they just fucking like you know? <laughs> my cat <laughs> fucking phone hits the ground. Holy fuck! <laughs> out of the bed. Problem. Hide for a while. Yeah. <laughs> what were you gonna say before? I, I yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say get, getting back. I don't know if I've ever talked about that. The feeling of feeling suddenly switching off. Have you ever experienced that, or did you experience that when you were younger? I I think perhaps I have. Um but what I did in those situations is uh I kind of just rode the relationship out joylessly for multiple years and then <laughs> uh did something horrifying and drastic to to kill it long after I knew that my feelings had changed. So uh don't do that. Doesn't Very work. Healthy. Doesn't work out not great very healthy so maybe he did the right thing i don't know if he if he had it switch off one day then uh running the fuck away maybe was the thing to do yeah i, I think he did especially at that age fucking honestly we're dating from from 13 to 17 that's a long ass haul for for that age yeah you know i did I, 14 I to it, 19 and that crashed and burned real hard Oh, that's yeah, that's wild too, man. But I feel, I feel like that's just totally that is a, 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 extremely expected. Like it would be really fucking abnormal for this just to run into adulthood. I mean, at least nowadays. And uh, I don't know, people fucking change. If your compatibility continues on from when you met at thirteen, like into old age, you've just rolled some wildly lucky dice. I feel like that's yeah. incredibly unlikely. So it's either incredible luck. Or you're doing some unhealthy shit to just make the thing, just make it stick together. <laughs> uh, a friend of mine once told me, uh, do you know what the number one uh, most important thing about staying together is? I was like, what's, what's that? that? She said, not breaking up. <laughs> uh, and that's totally true. To cover. Because uh, if you, if you really, if you wake up every day and you choose that person, and you go, this is it. I'm doing it. I'm, I've, I've decided 
that I'm doing this, then you can do what it takes to make it work. Unless there's something horrifyingly wrong and uh, you got to get the fuck out of there. Um, and I, I think that's that's what people are afraid of when they say, uh, you know, I'm afraid of commitment. Or somebody has issues around commitment. It's a, It's that fear of waking up every day and choosing that person and choosing to continue that life. Uh, up or down, good or bad, you know. Um, but there comes a time where you meet somebody, hopefully, we're all hoping for this, that you meet somebody where it's worth it and they make it, they make it worth it every day to wake up and choose them. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I, I know these things take effort and, you know, sometimes feelings wane like that, but you know, that's definitely a good thing to think about and, and push for when you're older. But but definitely when you're definitely when you're seventeen, I think I think cutting it running is the move. Yeah, you know, that might be fair. Don't be don't be seeking out fucking couples counseling when you're when you're seventeen. <laughs> Coat your bodies in wood glue and stick together like the boards <laughs> in shop class. <laughs> Mr. Richards will never tear us apart. Did you ever do, did you do like shop class? No, I didn't. That's, <laughs> I know that it involves wood glue though. And it yeah. did be Mr. Richards. So yeah, he's and, missing an arm and butt joints. I don't know about butt joints. Yeah. there's <laughs> Yeah. When you're, you know, you learn how to craft a butt joint in shop class. Okay. Quick, without going off the rails too much. What the fuck is a butt joint? Well, let's fucking Google it. <laughs> Well, you don't know what a butt joint is. <laughs> it's okay. Here we go. Uh, uh, a joint formed by two surfaces abutting at right angles. A butt joint. Oh, okay. They abut. It's not a just a, a butt like butt joint. A it's single butt. Joint. The words I'm looking at right now are butt and joint. <laughs> that's okay. That's pretty fucking funny. Yeah, it's pretty. Well, funny. I, I'm gonna teleport myself back to. You know, age 15, uh, when I would have potentially been in shop class, and take a moment to laugh at how fucking funny that would have been when the teacher said it when I was 15. <laughs> oh, oh, he, said, he said, he said, but he said, but he said, okay, okay. okay. Well, hey, let's butt joint uh, this past question into this next question. What do you say? I like it. Okay, because uh, I, F27. Drunkenly told workmates about my sex life, and they will not let me forget it. I was out with my workmates a while ago, and we were playing Never Have I Ever. I drunkenly told told them about some BDSM my partner and I do, and they will not let me forget it. They make jokes about it regularly, and send me related memes, but I laugh it off. They don't know that it makes me super uncomfortable to the point that when I am having sex... I'm thinking about them laughing at me. What makes things worse is that I am in a senior advisory role to them, and I feel like I have lost their respect. I mean, they carry on business as usual and still respect my authority, but I feel small when they make fun of me. I know I can just tell them to stop, and they will, but they already know. And I'm sure they will still talk about it amongst themselves. I have thought to just ignore it, and it will go away, but it has been two months now. I feel so awkward confronting people. TLDR, workmates will not stop bringing up details. I told them about my sex life, and I don't know how to confront them in an effective way. And that was posted by CanUp23. 
Fuck! You don't. You done fucked up, man. Uh, this this was a mistake. You sharing this, and you did it when you were drunk. So, uh, it's one of those situations where you make a decision when you're intoxicated, and then you have to fucking deal with it forever. I think it might be good for you in perhaps the short term to let them know how it makes you feel and tell them to fucking knock it off. You're never going to quell it. They're going to continue to, as long as you work there, you're going to be the dominatrix boss. And (laughs) that's just, that's just how that's going to be. That's just a feature of, uh, of your work life now in this place. Uh, which sucks, but I think that you can ameliorate some of the immediate effects of it by making it clear to them that it's unacceptable to uh, to continue. To, like, qu- fucking quit tagging me in memes. <laughs> like, you can kind of you can kind of force it underground and like get it out of your face, and then maybe you'll be able to ignore it more effectively. But it's it's a feature of your of your team now. Yeah, there's there's not there's you can't unsay. You know this thing, so I, I think you got two options, and one is Arthur, what you're saying, and and you're right. Like, you know, they're probably going to still talk about it, but at least at least it's not actively bugging you at work. And I don't know, that's what would irritate me if something was just coming up constantly, and it's like I'm fucking, you know, having a bad day at work or something, and now you fucks are are sending me shitty memes, you know, from fucking nine gag. That's Roughly a BDSM reference yeah, there. That's Nine, where the gag, gag. <laughs> uh, uh, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, got it. Uh, I just <clears throat> derailed my train of thought with that horrible fucking pun. I think it was. Yeah, worth you it. can. <laughs> I, I think so too. I feel like. But yeah, you can. It. I think forcing an underground is just a good thing for day to day sanity. If this is really driving you crazy, on the other hand, you know. Fucking that for just fucking own it. I don't know, man. It's not such a weird thing to be into. It kind of sucks they know about it, but like, you know, these people are friendly enough with you that you're out drinking with them. I don't think anybody yeah. except for the fucking Puritans are going to be like, "Oh, you're in a BDSM. I fucking hate you now. Like, yeah. I'm going <clears> to <throat> harass you to ma- like make you feel bad." And you I know, I feel like yeah, maybe, maybe I feel uh, one last thing. Yeah, yeah maybe the way good. that you said it. You know, it came off like you were owning it and you were comfortable enough to talk about it. And so they're like, oh, okay, she's comfortable with this. You know, this is part of her identity. She's fine with sharing. So this isn't going to like hurt her feelings. Like, I don't know. People who aren't into that, I feel like get a little bit fascinated with it. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's something they've not experienced. And so it's coming from more a place of like curiosity and also, you know, they're just fucking around with you. But I don't think it's coming from a bad place necessarily. So I just fucking maybe just continue to own it. That and could be cool. Eventually it'll wind down a bit, but come to like a, an office Christmas party wearing like a leather bustier with like a cat of nine tails, like on yeah, your hip, like a Santa hat. But the the ball at the top is the cat of nine tails, or no, a ball gag. How did I fuck that up? <laughs> that'd be that'd be bouncing around and knocking people in the face. Though that might be an office hazard. Uh, I do feel sad that this person is letting it affect their sex life. That sucks. Yeah, no, that that is tough. And, I, and again, I, I know that it's not something you can necessarily control. And the same to my advice about owning it. Like, if you're feeling anxious about this, sometimes that's just, you know, it's just it's just going to do that to you. So, I, when I say owning it, I mean just kind of 
just kind of force yourself to just be like, yeah, fuck it, this is who I am. Which, again, not the easiest thing. Maybe that's not the solution. Maybe forced underground if you don't think you can do that. But I, I just think that's a potential option. And sometimes, you know, that takes effort, you know, faking it until you make it sort of thing. Uh, and if you keep fucking faking that confidence and owning it, then eventually you might just get to that point. But, you know, I, I think that kind of comes down to your your personal feelings and your personality. Yeah. I think the the best outcome of this would be for you to take it in stride and run with it and be in on the joke to some degree. Um, that's the best possible outcome. But if you don't think you can jive with that, then perhaps you, uh, you force it underground and have them make jokes about you behind your back. I don't know. And there you go. Yeah. I'm also thinking like maybe the workplace, she's got her subset of friends, but there's like a bunch of old farts in there. Maybe like her seniors or something. And if they catch wind of this, it's going to be a whole fucking weird thing. So I, I, you think know, about I, that I definitely feel line. that, yeah, I, I definitely feel that owning it might not be an option. Just, just something to consider out there. So, uh, I don't know. Final say on this, get a fucking paddle with, uh, your company logo emblazoned on it. Just come in there and just start smacking them. That'll, <laughs> that'll show them that you own it. <laughs> yeah. Leaving logo marks on their asses. <laughs> yeah. I like oh, that. I hate that. I, hate I love that. it. I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, Hey, um, uh, the question box time. That's what that's what time it is. Asking all them questions. Asking all them questions. Why you asking all them questions? Making statements. Uh, who? Asking all them questions. Asking all them questions. Why you asking all them questions? Making statements. Uh, who? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, it's time for our time for anonymous question box, where we take your listener questions. And uh, we read them on the show, and, and then we go ahead and answer them. And uh, I'm going to tell you, too, if you're new to the show or have forgotten, you can submit your own questions to us. Uh, you can find the link to this anonymous question box on our social media. It's in our Instagram bio. It's posted on Facebook pretty frequently. Uh, you know, just hunt it down. You don't have to make an account. Type your question in, and uh, we'll read it and answer it. Done so, and uh, done. What, Easy. Done, done and fucking done. Uh, so what, what do we got this week, Arthur? Well, sir. Uh, first up, we have, uh, not a question, but a compliment. See, I started reading it, um, like in the introduction. Okay. Person says, person says, not a question, but a compliment. I got LASIK yesterday and RFTB was a big part of my day of recovery. When I got home, I was in a ton of pain and they tell you to take a nap, but it feels like your eyeballs have been filled with hot sand. So that wasn't really working. That sounds incredibly unpleasant. I put on this week's RFTB, and the combination of listening to relationship advice and Vicodin distracted me enough to finally relax. Thank you. Well, thank you for being a listener. Yeah, and for putting us on the same tier with Vicodin in terms of, like, pain-killing <laughs> effectiveness. Hell yeah. Yeah, totally. I'm going to remember that, that I am, uh, I am as soothing as Vicodin, apparently. Yeah, and just like Viking and hey, listeners, let's help make this country have a radio-free tote bag epi- epidemic, am I right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I shared a meme on uh, my Facebook uh, a while ago. It was a picture of a Nintendo 64 with the uh, Super Mario 64 cartridge in it, and some, and it had some controllers next to it. And it said, if you remember what this is, your generation is in the midst of the worst heroin epidemic on earth. 
Jesus. I think I think you sent it to me. It's pretty I, good. I, it is it is pretty fucking good. It's very dark, but it's it, it it is also very good. Donovan, dark humor is like food. Not everybody gets it. Oh Jesus. That's <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. Ah, uh, but for real though, we appreciate appreciate you putting a, a nice comment in there and that uh that our podcast could help you not feel so shitty. Arthur, I don't know if I if I have told you. Uh, my sister is telling me one of uh, one of her friends listens to the show, and uh, I guess they're in the same dorm. She said that he was sick for a while, and she goes into his dorm, and she's like, "I was super weirded out because I heard your voice." <laughs> and, like he was just sick in there listening to a bunch of bunch of her podcast episodes. I thought that was rad as fuck. That's really cool. I dig that. I love that we can yes. help people in their convalescence. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it, it makes me happy. Because, fuck, I've been there. You know, you're sick or, like, doing chores or, or something. Podcasts fucking help get you through sometimes. and So that definitely makes me stoked that we can we can be one of those podcasts. Podcasts are fucking great for that. Because, like, uh, you ever been so sick that you can't really, like, hold your visual focus on something for an extended period of time? So you can't really watch stuff effectively. But no. You can, you can listen to stuff. It's great. Yeah, I feel that. So yeah, you're fucking, you're sitting around and it's like, oh, nice. Like I've got all this fucking time to do things, but you can't actually do any of them. Oh, except for listening to Radio Free Tote Bag. So go <laughs> ahead, go ahead and do that. Sorry you felt like your eyes were filled with hot sand. That sounds very uncomfortable. Yeah, but we're in your ears, uh, knocking them, knocking them, knocking the sand out of your eyes. Uh, that didn't really make sense. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Thank you. All right, on to our uh, on to our second uh, well question on this one in here. And it looks like this is addressed to you, Arthman. Whoa! Yeah, we call it Arthur Arthman when I text him. I thought it was pretty funny. I don't know if he agrees. <laughs> I like it better than Artie. Oh, oof! I was about to say I'm gonna have to start hitting you with that, but I I hate that too. It's bad. It's real bad. Yeah, I won't call you Artie. Don't call me Donnie. We're, we'll, we can be in agreement there. How's Dono Bless work? I like that. I like totally. that. Nice. All right. Well, uh, anyways, here here it is. It's uh, hello, Arthur, with an exclamation point. Nice. Okay. Oh, I thought you were going to say hi back, man. Oh, hello. <laughs> there, we, there we go. Uh, I know you said that you like both men and women, but when did you discover your sexuality? How did you come out of the closet? What was that experience like for you? Thanks, with a smiley face. Well, gather round, children. It's time to hear of the tale of Arthur's coming out. (laughs) I won't do the whole thing in this voice, but I thought it might be helpful to introduce it somewhat with kind of a Sam Elliott vibe. Okay, so uh, it was like sixth grade. How old are you in sixth grade? Like... 11, something like that. 11, yeah. Yeah. I uh, was, like, ambivalent about it. I I remember very clearly uh, a friend of mine that I met through the Renaissance Festival, because if you recall, um, I worked there since age seven. So I've been in the Renaissance Festival world for a little while. A friend of mine, just kind of unbidden and kind of out of nowhere, just says, do you think you might be gay? And I said... um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. 
So that led me to thinking about it a little bit. I was like, okay, fine. You know, uh, if I'm really ambivalent about it, I can't immediately reject it. Then I don't know. So I just kind of let it, uh, just let it ride there for a while until I discovered pornography. Ah, pornography, that uh, great sexual awakener for so many young people. Um, oh, porn. I, uh, I found myself looking at the pornography. I found, I found uh, magazines. My dad had some magazines. And uh, I remember particularly there were like, he must have like ordered porn because like he would get catalogs. Uh, and Interesting. Would, yeah, so the catalogs become, and I found the catalogs more compelling than anything else because you could see uh, a wide variety of porn in a short amount of time. So I don't know. He had like, uh, you know, he had a couple Playboys. He had, uh, there was this one magazine called Cherry Magazine. Um, C-H-E-R-I was the was the title of the magazine. And that's the- They sell produce? They did. Uh, in addition to pornography. Um, nice. And I don't know that. So like, I don't know how much, you know, about print pornography, but like uh playboy doesn't show penetration, nor does it show erect penises. Interestingly enough, I'm at least at the time that I was viewing it as a young person. Um, but cherry magazine and the, uh, uh, the catalogs did, and I found myself uh, visually drawn to uh, male genitalia as much as female genitalia. I was like, whoa. Like, as turned on by the male body as by the female body. And so I was kind of like thinking to myself, I was like, so what does that mean? Um, how does that, how is that going to be a part of me? And I, uh, I remember running across the term bisexual. Um, it was at the Renaissance Festival, uh, which um, <laughs> I don't know how many of our listeners have been involved in the Renaissance Festival scene, but it's a very sexually permissive environment. And uh, it's a place of awakening for, I think, a lot of young people to get involved with it. And, uh, I just, I like overheard it. I overheard someone say bisexual and I was like, what does that mean? And, uh, I asked around a little bit and they were like, oh, it means you like, like somebody who's bisexual likes women and men. And I was like, holy fuck, that might be me. (laughs) Oh my God. All of this is starting to make sense. Um, and, uh, that's. You know, it it was kind of like a murky process for a long time of me kind of coming across clues and fitting those clues into how I felt. Um, As far as coming out goes, I came out to my girlfriend um, after I had decided um, that I was bisexual or I suppose I suppose discovered is a better better way to put that. Um but I, I felt it was important even in my even in my youth to make it clear to somebody that I was intimately involved with like where my sexuality was. Like before I came out to anybody, I came out to my partners who all happened to be um, women. 
or I don't know, we were under 18 girls, I guess. I don't know. It gets real murky and weird. Um, so I came out to them, told them how I felt about stuff. And eventually I started to tell other people. I told my best friend. Um, I told some people that I knew at the Renaissance Festival. And another thing that you need to know about Renaissance Festivals is that they are rumor mills. They are, you know, uh, once one person knows something, everyone's going to know something. So I told some people and that got around and then it got to um, my parents. They found out through the rumor mill. My mother comes up to me and she says, so um, somebody said that you were telling people you were bisexual? And I said, um, yeah, I am. I am. I, I think I am. I am. And she goes, okay. Like, uh, it was sort of, hmm. I don't know. I don't know how she felt in that moment. I felt, I felt like I'd been discovered. Like I, like something that I had been, um, hiding had been found out. And... Mm. It was, it was difficult, um, but I just kind of told her, like, matter-of-factly, like, yes, yes, what the rumors are true. <laughs> Arthur is bisexual. And um, she goes, she just kind of went, okay. And I said, um, don't tell Dad. And, of course, if Mom had found out, of course Dad had found out, you know, probably through the same sources. But I said, don't tell Dad. And then I, I waited a while, can't remember exactly how long, but I, uh, finally I sat him down and, uh, I said, Hey dad, uh, there's something I really, I really got to tell you something I, you know, I've been thinking about for a long time. Um, I am, I'm bisexual. And he looks me right in my eyes and he says, uh, why would that change how I feel about you? And I said, um, that's probably the best thing I could have heard right now. Oh, man, that's a sweet response. Yeah. Why would that change anything? Like, and it wasn't even in the context of like, like I was afraid of anything or I, I was, I was just, I was telling him and he, he knew exactly what to say. Why would that change how I feel about you? And, um, so I was really lucky to have a supportive environment uh to, like when i came out and i don't know we just we haven't really talked about it much after um my my sisters always joke that i went to college and caught the gay <laughs> um but uh yeah it's you know like around the family it's not something that's really remarked upon um i imagine if i come home with a male partner there might be some discussion, but I don't, I, I'm not afraid to do that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if, if I meet somebody, um, and we get involved, I'm, I'm not afraid to bring them home because I know I'm going to find those same people who were welcoming and affirming of me when I made this discovery about myself. So I've, I've been really lucky and, uh, I can only hope that anybody else discovering this about themselves um is met with the same level of support um that i was met with so 
best of luck out there. I hope you all enjoyed that story. I hope it was coherent enough. No, I, th- I thought that was very good. Yeah. I got one one follow-up question, though, with you, because, yeah, that that seems like a very good and receptive environment to it. And, like, I'm, I'm glad to hear that, that people were like that towards you. Yeah. Did you did you have anybody you were – I don't know. You, you mentioned, I guess, you were probably worried about, you know, a lot of these. But did you have any bad reactions or anything that, you know, did not go so positively? <laughs> um, uh, for the answer to this question, we'll move back to the pornography sphere. Um, I, uh, I didn't have a computer of my own. So in order to access the internet and the wide world of pornography within, uh, I had to use the family computer, which was located in the kitchen. Uh, back in those days, um, I don't know. Do you remember real player? Does anybody remember this software? Yeah. Yes. Yes. It, It was the easiest way to download and view videos. And so I'm scrolling through stuff, clicking through stuff. And um, so I consider myself like a Kinsey uh, one and a half to two, which means primarily I'm heterosexual. Mostly I'm attracted uh, to people of a sex other than my own. Uh, But I have some some homosexual proclivities, ergo bisexual. And um, I had a pretty wide... um, collection of pornography on the home computer that uh, a friend of mine who stayed over uh, discovered and availed himself of I suppose gross um, but he uh, the next day he says to me so uh, I found your porn stash on the computer and um, I was looking at some of them and there was a gay one on there there was a there was two guys having sex and at the time I said, um, oh, that's, a, I keep it, <laughs> uh, it's funny you found that. Um, I send that uh, to people to be like, oh, look at this, look at this hot video, video. it's so, f- like, check it out. And then they see it and it's gay and they're, like, grossed out. And I'm like, ha, 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 I got you. Nice. That's how I covered it. Very, very smooth. Yeah, super smooth. Um, and I don't know if he bought it or not, but uh, when I finally was being honest with people and came out to him um he definitely he took some time um he kind of walked away from from our friendship for not very long maybe like a week or so um but he came back with the same you know i don't you know this doesn't change our friendship this doesn't change uh anything about our uh relationship our friendship um so i i I got to say again, I was incredibly lucky. I don't know what it would have been like to lose somebody because of this. Um, I lucked up hard. Yeah, man, fuck, I, I can't imagine. I, I will say, I love the audacity of this dude to be scrolling through your fucking porn and then yeah, come and to then you. confront me about my <laughs> porn. <laughs> What's up with this gay stuff, dude? I was just browsing through your fucking porn collection, yeah. as one does. Yeah. <laughs> you mind fielding a few questions for me? Oh, my God. It was pretty fucked up. Uh, as I recall, it was uh, two dudes with, like, very late 90s, early 2000s haircuts fucking each other. Um, Hell, yeah. And they were very buff. And... Uh, 
I don't know. I still remember that one. It was pretty good. <laughs> it's it's weird how, especially from like the first kind of porn you looked at when you were you know younger and figuring out sexuality, like the kind of shit that you remember. Unfortunately for me, that's a lot of fucking hentai. Cause <laughs> Has very strange trajectory into any kind of sexuality. Sure. And I had some, like, moral, like, actual human porn would be, like, sinful and too much. I had, like, all this Catholic guilt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm like, these fucking naked cartoon characters, this is this is fine. They're just cartoon characters. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Very, very, very strange. Have I talked about my sexual awakening, awakening with Renamon from Digimon? on the show uh, oh jesus no i think i remember that okay so there's there's a particularly curvy uh digimon character named renamon r-e-n-a-m-o-n that's renamon look that shit up you're gonna see some thick ass thighs and uh i i would say up. a rather suggestive puff of fur on this character's chest uh yeah you know what dude i'd fuck that I'd fuck yeah. that digital monster. Yes, I would fuck it. that Digimon <laughs> digital monster. I would. I would do that. Um, I always like to say that I'm I'm a hair's breadth away from being uh, a furry because, <laughs> like, if I could have I could have deep dove that Redamon shit and just like kept following that up, uh, but I found uh, humans having sex with each other just in time. Um. um... I want to say I'm glad because I want to say there's there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that, but uh, unfortunately it seems to be a strange proportion of fucking fascists in the furry community from what Gross. I've seen online. Yeah, maybe that's just because you know I'm following a lot of leftist boards and people are ripping on that, but but I don't know. No, this is I I would encourage the listener to to look to look this fucking Digimon up though. Yeah, we're gonna I, I don't we're know, gonna dude, link just... we're gonna link an image of Renamon in the show description for sure. Well, maybe that'll be the picture. I, I, don't, I, I, I was kind of fucking with you. This is this just looks like a this looks like a more, I don't know, like a more like an evolution of the Eevee Pokemon. Sure, you know what I mean, it just it looked kind of built out. It's got like some lightning and shit going on. I don't know. This is this is not what I would be. This is not what I would have guessed. Can I just send you an image real quick and like? <laughs> you gonna find the sexy Renamon and send it to me? No, it's not the. It's sort of a sexy pose. It's a little bit of a sexy pose. It's in the Discord. I think this will bring oh, it up. Boy. Yeah. Okay, that has to be intentionally fucking fucking drawn for that. Cause you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm back to it, dude. But fuck that digital monster. I would. Like, it's, who it's wouldn't? Official. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we have... We have gone off the rails into oh Arthur's actually pretty fucking heartwarming tale of people being very good to you. I lucked out so acting hard. The way that, acting the way that people should fucking act and uh, have inadvertently gone off the rails into uh, into fucking knockoff Pokemon. All right. We, we are going to move on to questions. I have one more thing uh, on this fucking Digimon uh, that supports you. That supports you. <laughs> That supports your theory there, either. I looked sure. up this Digimon on Google Images, and I will say that the fourth, like, recommended... You know how Google recommends, like, some alternate searches on the Be same careful, image that like, categorizes it them? recommends them different based on your search patterns. Okay, this one's staying unclicked, but this is this is inflation. This is number five. Are you for real? 
<laughs> yeah, it exists. And I can see the thumbnail. And I'm not going anywhere near that. So there's just start inflation fucking there. getting inflation recommendations and other things I want to look up. See, because my fifth I wonder how one... Bernie's doing in the primaries. Uh, my 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 fifth one is completely different, but I did find an image that's uh, Renamon holding a sign that says, "I turned this person into a furry." So, ah, huh. fucking interesting. We we'll have think... to do some research before the next episode yeah. to see if that was a if that's a thing for people. She's a furry point of entry, I think. <laughs> Well, let's take let's find a point of extra of extra extra a extra, point of exit. Let's get the extra, fuck away from extra extra. This. Read all about it. Here comes another question. Thank you. That's much better. Oh, it's me. Uh, I <laughs> I'm a 19F in a relationship with a 17M, but I'm becoming pretty sure that I'm a lesbian. My boyfriend and I have been together for seven or eight months now. It's honestly been going really well. I've never met another people who has the compassion that he has. We're both trans, and he helped me out when I began to transition. He's been an incredibly important part of my life, especially since we started dating. And The only problem is that I'm fairly sure I'm gay. I used to identify as bi, but the more I think about it, the more I think that I am gay. The thing that I, the thing is, is that I'm so in love with him. He means the world to me, and I'm so scared of hurting him. The idea of leaving him feels so wrong. But at the same time, I know that in reality, I'm probably gay. It's beginning to gnaw at me big time. Has anyone else been in this situation? TLDR, I have a boyfriend who I love a lot, but I think I'm gay, and I don't know what to do. And that was posted by Murakami Del Rey. That's kind of a cool name. I like that. That is that is pretty good. Like Lana Del Rey, but Murakami Del Rey. Yeah. This, uh, I don't think this is too particularly unusual when you're figuring out, you know, what, what you're into. Yeah. And also just early on in relationships. Um, you know, you're both, you've both transitioned recently. Um, let's see, but you've been dating for seven or eight months, which is like, I don't know, enough time to kind of, get through that initial kind of honeymoon period and into like, I think kind of seeing where you're really at into this the relationship. Of the relationship. Yeah. And so I, I just think, you know, all, all of these things, you know, that you're going through right now, I don't think this is particularly unusual. Um, but I, I do think that in relationships uh, for most people, you know, sexual attraction is a, is a major component. And, you know, that doesn't mean that you can't, you know, develop a very, you know, very strong, like a, a fucking love for, you know, somebody that you're not sexually attracted to. You know, I think, I think people do that with friends often, even though, you know, I don't, I don't think in our culture, it's very common to kind of articulate it in the same way. I, I think that same kind of feeling, you know, is there in a lot of very close friendships. Um, and I think kind of that gray area in terms of like language and like your cultural context of how to like describe these feelings Combined with, you know, this, this, no pun intended, but transitional state of kind mm -hmm. of getting older, you know, figuring out your sexuality, having some of your first relationships. Um, I, I think it's kind of, it could be hard to identify what these feelings are because you're in a relationship with this person. Like this is supposed to be love and you had it also in the context of a relationship. 
but those feelings could ultimately just be, you know, strong emotional attraction and, and better suited for a friendship with this person. Um, but the fact that you seem to have identified this and zeroed in on, on it, I, I think you just got to have kind of a big, a big talk with them, tell them where you're at, you know, in terms of your, in terms of your feelings and, you know, in, in terms of basically what you post in this question and, you know, you might hurt him, you know, that's, it, it, that's probable. Um, but I, honesty is the, the better thing to do here. And I, I think if you were this zeroed in that you're asking this question and saying that you probably are gay, I, I think that's going to be the right move is to tell him and, and end this, you know, uh, romantic relationship. Um, but definitely try not to end the, you know, the interpersonal relationship you have here, the, the friendship you've got. Based on recent experiences that I've had, attempting to continue a, a platonic relationship with somebody that you've been romantically involved with can be incredibly difficult. Um, yes. Take, take the time to really work over and move beyond the romantic feelings that you had for this person when you... I'm going to say when you choose to end the relationship. Um, yeah. Because you're exploring something right now and you need to, you need to explore it. Um, when I was um, 19, 19M, uh, I, it was funny. I was at work. I was stocking some shelves at the Kroger and I started fantasizing about Heath Ledger, like out of nowhere. It was Heath Ledger. <laughs> I was like, I was like, damn. And uh, I was like, well, I haven't been with a guy in like six years. And I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. Um, so I brought it to my girlfriend uh, who said, uh, I would prefer that you explore this part of your sexuality before we're 40 and have kids. I said, okay. Um, and then it turned into a whole mess, but I think our heads were in the right place. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the initial plan, the initial thought was, was good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I think if you bring this to your partner and you let them know how you're feeling and let them know that you feel like you have to move in a different direction, I hope that they'll be understanding. I know it'll hurt for them. Um, but I hope that you guys can move past this and maybe continue to be important to each other um, through this difficult time. Uh, I wish you both the best of luck. You guys are crossing the U the Rubicon. You know what I mean. You're in some yeah, uh, you're in some territory that uh, I'm not personally familiar with, um, and. I'm glad that our society allows for the space for you to explore this. I'm very thankful for that, actually. Um, and I hope that you can settle into your identity and go out there and kick ass and find love. That's what I hope for everybody, is that we can go out there, kick ass, and find love. Yeah, it, 
Yeah, that's that's essentially that's essentially all you can all, all you can hope for. I, I should have mentioned in there too that yeah, you should probably definitely take some time apart at the end of this. We've said this about many breakups trying to transition into friendships from there. It's not something you can typically do immediately. Um but the fact that you're articulating so strongly, like you you know, you love this person, um as Arthur said, give them time, you know, give the entire situation time. And that's probably going to need to be very apart and possibly completely off contact with one another so that the romantic feelings subside. And then, you know, hopefully, you know, you've, you've got these, you care about this person. You, you, you love them. Uh, you know, hopefully you can reconvene and, and have kind of a, you know, a, a healthy friendship at the end of this. But yeah, I I certainly should have mentioned that. That was a good thing to to bring up. Yeah, don't make sure you're not trying to kind of force this person to just do this right away. Yeah, like hey, I'm not sure about this, uh, but I'd love to be friends with you. All right, like let's just start doing that now. Let's just start hanging <laughs> out normally. And yeah, that that will not work, and that will not work yeah. for fucking anybody. Uh, well, maybe a couple people, but I think for your average person, that's you, you can't just switch fucking lanes like that and expect. You know, everything to be fine for both parties. Here's a phrase that I hope comes out of neither of your mouths in the process of this breakup. But we can still have sex, right? Because that... Oh, God. That... Ooh! Ooh! It's bad. It's a bad move. Don't do it. If you're breaking up with somebody, uh, make it a clean break. Give yourself some time. And it's it's almost like meeting them again. You know what I mean? It's almost like you can... Walk away from each other and then meet them again uh, to start a friendship. You can't. It's oh, there's got to be a clear separation. Yes, before you can for there to gain friendship. for there to be any chance for that. Yeah, but well, I, I will say too, you know, just in case, you know, there is a chance that this won't work out. It, it, it is, you know, it, it becomes basically impossible for some people to be friends, you know, after a relationship. It just you know that that's a possibility, but you got to be you got to be okay with that. You can't force these things, and you need to. You also can't be afraid of that. You need to make the move here that is in line, you know, with who that you're finding out that you are, uh, as opposed to trying to force, you know, things just because you're worried. You know, you're gonna you're gonna hurt somebody else. You know, you're coming at this from a thoughtful place. You're not intentionally trying to fuck with this person. So make make sure make sure you're giving them time here. Everybody's got to take their time to heal and recover from a relationship because they can be like, let's get to some just real quick, uh, some real deep relationship shit. They can be like the most important thing in your world, your relationship with another person. And because of that, they can become the single most destructive force in your life. Yes. No, 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 no fucking kidding. And it's um, frustrating when that's the case and when there is like a clear chemistry and care for each other there. Uh, but in just kind of the fucking tangles of emotions that happen, you know, post breakup that sometimes things can't fucking work out. Like I've, I've been in that situation a couple of times where like, you know, you want to at least maintain something. You think back and you're like, fuck this person like meant a lot to me. And there was clearly something there. Um, but you can't sacrifice like your mental well-being if trying to make that happen is like, you know, actively making your your life fucking chaotic or making you feel bad. 
You know, so, sometimes you know, there's a reason that you broke up, and despite the positives, um, uh, you know, you you gotta you gotta keep it that way. You can't you know get the positives and have the clean breakup. Sometimes, sometimes you just gotta end it, accept those as a loss. But that's better than you know the emotional turmoil that that comes with keeping an ex in your life, where where it's you know destructive to to both of you. True, that. Whoa. Hefty. Hefty Hefty talk today We got into some uh, We got into some heavy stuff But uh, I, I forgot to mention at this at the beginning of the episode uh, I also found some Some heavy stuff uh, Before the episode began Arthur sent me a track by Reton Arthur, what was the name of that track? <laughs> I believe it was Fasta Fasta by uh, Reton And Kyle Lowe is the vocalist on that Yeah You should uh well, first, you should check that out, listeners. If you're into uh, you're into some good electronic music, what you should not check out is the recommended tracks from that. Okay. Uh, because what I was what I was recommended from Kahlo was uh, uh, Spotify, uh, what blue checkmark artist Fast ASMR. And uh, mm-hmm. if you listen to the show, you know I fucking hate us ASMR because I don't like mouth noises. I don't like just body. I fucking I hate it. I hate it. And uh, I thought, oh, I wonder if this is an ASMR person uh, or if this is like an artist, you know, doing a fun thing with it. And, and it was definitely the former because uh, here's some choices from their popular tracks, each with over 10,000 listens. Sure. We have ear attention and cleaning. Mm. Intro and liquid sounds. Crunchy massage. Mm. Ear drying conclusion. Deep, intense ear brushing. And uh, as a finale, of course, ear cleaning finale. Mm. Yeah. Can I? Let's get my live reaction here. Let's. I'm gonna put it on ear cleaning finale. All right. And, uh, and see that how could this, be our finale. See how this treats me. You know what? I'm clicking it too. Oh no! Oh. No, no! Oh no, nope! Ooh, okay, I lasted 12 seconds. <laughs> as, as best I could discern from the one second of that track I listened to, it, a lot of just clicking, and it sounded like fucking mouth noises. I don't know what the ear part was about. The picture, uh, the album art is Crunchy Ear Massage, and there's a fake ear with rocks in it, and somebody's digging into it with a metal utensil, and I want none of that. The one second I sampled... Uh, I am firm in my decision. I fucking hate ASMR. Which, to me, sounds strange because you have such a proclivity to enjoy pimple popping videos, which I oh yeah believe are v- like visual ASMR. <laughs> I think I think there's a relationship at play with ASMR and pimple popping because they I think they they fulfill a similar niche of something that is I don't know maybe initially disgusting but also very satisfying I feel that I think they're kind of in the same wheelhouse so maybe maybe there's like visual ASMR people and uh auditory ASMR people and I bet there's people that like have like tactile ASMR or maybe like olfactory ASMR. Maybe each, maybe each of us has a sense that we like overstimulated. Yeah. 
And mine is disgust and also satisfaction at seeing pus squeezed out of a face. Oh, man, I wish I could have shown you this. I wish I would have took a video of this one that I got the other day. It was so good. Uh, Please do. And to you listeners out there, you ever get like a blackhead that looks pretty gnarly? Go ahead and throw it. Send it our way, RadioFreeToadBag at gmail.com. I will thank you. Because, goddamn, I love that shit. Post it on YouTube. Make it private. Make a private link, post it in the uh, in the question box. We'll get there. It. We go. I'll watch or, it on air, and uh, you can listen to me get stoked about it because that, that is the best. Or radiofreetopagatgmail.com. Yeah, get at us. Right on. Well, sir, I think we made it to the end of another episode. I think we did. Uh, still a little traumatized from that one second of uh, air cleaning finale, but you know what? I did it for you, listeners, and. Uh, I'm not glad that I did, but you're welcome. Uh, I also, I want to mention real quick at the end of the show, I ate asparagus soup for dinner. And, you got uh, that funky pee? Yeah, I half forgot about it, and then I peed, and I was like, what the fuck is the, oh, asparagus. Yeah. Happens every time I, I eat lo- asparagus. I love that. It's a great Maybe smell. The... It's honestly a great smell. That might be the nasal ASMR, because I do get a kick out of that. <laughs> I love it. Well, sir. Uh, and, and ma'ams, it's been great having you with us and I can't wait to, uh, do this again next week. Uh, this is really a highlight of my week. I love having this to kind of like anchor me no matter what else I'm doing. I know I'm always going to sit down and, uh, record some shit with my homeboy and we're going to try to help some people and we're going to have a good fucking time doing it. It's my favorite. Fuck yeah, man. Me too. And thank you to any of you who are listening. And uh, yeah, if it's getting you through some sickness or some post-surgery shit, uh, let us know because that definitely made us feel good. Big time. Big time. Well, I love you. Thanks. Bye. Wait, wait you forgot the intro music. Ah, oh, God damn it. <laughs> Our intro song is the song Hanging On by the band Knower, and you can find their music at knowermusic.bandcamp.com. And our outro music is a song Stephanie by the Hey Fellows. You can find it at Instagram.com slash the Hey Fellows or on Spotify. Search them the Hey Fellows. It's three separate words. All right.